Welcome everyone to Sunday service here at the Temple of Light here at Ananda Village. I am Nayaswami Swami Pranava, and with me is Nayaswami Parvati. And it's our joy to be with you. Today's topic, reading from Rays of the One Light by Swami Kriyananda, is entitled, To Each According to His Faith. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 3, we read, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. It is a common experience shared by most people that when a person errs, he experiences a desire to hide that error from his conscience instead of holding it up for purification. Error clutches its misdeeds to itself and resists correction, though it is only in the state of purity that we can achieve perfect freedom. It requires an act of will to offer that awareness up to the light and to hold it there until one's inner darkness is completely dissipated. For every state of consciousness has its own attractive power. And the more we allow that attraction to act upon us, the more we attract to ourselves the objective circumstances and experiences natural to it. Our faith is the attractive power of our underlying state of consciousness. Goodness attracts goodness. It takes goodness even to see goodness. Evil attracts evil. And it takes evil even to see evil. That is, to take special note of its existence. Whatever there is in you of darkness or light, offer it up to the heights. In the supreme light alone shall we find salvation. Accept nothing less than yourself, accept nothing less in yourself as your lasting reality. As the Bhagavad Gita says in the 12th chapter, cling thou to me, clasp me with heart and mind, so shalt thou dwell surely with me on high. But if thy thought droops from such height, if thou beest weak to set body and soul upon me constantly, despair not, give me lower service. Seek to reach me, worshiping with steadfast will. And if thou canst not worship steadfastly, work for me, toil in works pleasing to me. For he that laboreth right for love of me shall finally attain. But if in this thy faint heart fails, bring me thy failure. Thus through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. I'd like to begin by reading from Whispers from Eternity. 
Yogananda's Book of Prayer Demands. Save us from the net of matter attachment. The fisherman of change has cast over us a net of cosmic delusion. We are swimming in confined waters, falsely confident in our seeming safety. Yet the net of death closes in upon us relentlessly. At every haul of the dragnet of delusion, many are caught and only a scattered few escape. Ah, but at long last, I leaped out into deep sea spaces of silent communion. Thus finally did I escape the net of time. O oh, measureless mercy, save me and all my brothers from this fearful, all-seizing, but unseen net of matter attachment. Great prayer demand. And I just wanted to say that I was really um, uh, caught, caught by, uh, focused on the idea of faith and how we build that faith. Because Swami makes that amazing statement in the reading that uh, Pranabha just read, our faith is the attractive power of our underlying state of consciousness. And uh, thinking about that, I thought that means that that underlying state of consciousness is really important and that we need to consciously and constantly be working on building that underlying state of consciousness so that it reflects the light and more and more reflects and is full of that divine light. And I was thinking also about that word faith that Swami often defined that and he said, belief, which the Christians say, credo, I believe in the Holy Ghost and the Father. And uh, he said, belief is not enough. There needs to, for faith, there needs to be direct experience. And I was thinking, for myself, I can say at this point that I have faith that Master is an avatar. And he, along with the rest of our avatar gurus that are on the altar here, have come to guide us and help us in this very tumultuous, world-changing time. And I, I have faith that Swami Kriyananda, having experienced him for decades, worked with him and uh, lived with him and uh, been with him in many circumstances, I have faith also that he was and is a great direct disciple of a great avatar, Paramhansa Yogananda. I also have faith that the teachings and the techniques that Yogananda brought really work. Why? Because I have also experienced them directly over many decades using them in many different circumstances. And I also would say that I have faith 
that what Master talked about, that this is God's dream, but more specifically, that we live in a world of Maya, just what was talked about in this reading from Whispers. Maya meaning delusion, that delusion and duality are, they're confining us. We feel like we're born into this world and wow, it's a clean slate and we can do whatever we want. And we don't realize that we're born into a world of duality that is ever changing, ever constantly moving. And so you don't notice it at first, but it's only moving up and down, out and back, from right to left. However it's doing its thing, it's confined. And that's why Yogananda said, and again, the reason I, I would say, yes, I believe that that duality is real, is because you come to a sense of anguishing monotony. Not anguishing depths, and, but anguishing monotony. Because as a soul, you finally realize after millions of lifetimes that, hey, you know what? It's not going anywhere. I can never realize my oneness with anything higher, not, in, not within duality. And so, and also not to also speak about karma and how that affects our lives and all of that, but those, those uh, things, and when I say I have faith in them, it's because I've experienced it. And I'm not the only one. Ananda, here at the village, in our other communities, our centers and meditation groups, Ananda members throughout the world of the virtual community and living everywhere, have also many of them experienced this directly. Because when I came here, I was thrilled to find that here was a teaching that I didn't just need to sign up for and believe in, but that I could use in my daily life to really experience, that I could know the truth, I could know that duality was real and wasn't going anywhere, that I could know that Swami Kriyananda was acting as a very clean and pure channel for Yogananda's vibrations. Why would I say I, I know that? Because I read the autobiography before moving here, before coming here, even visiting here. I read the autobiography I was, that Yogananda wrote. I was thrilled by it. And I could feel Yogananda's vibrations. He said that about the book. But I didn't know that at the time. But I could feel his, his consciousness, his vibrations. I just thought it was absolutely thrilling. And when, a few weeks later, I visited here at Ananda Village, it was in the early 70s, and there was almost nothing here, but went to the meditation retreat, and Swami Kriyananda, each weekend I was here, did just about everything. And I heard him talk about the teachings. I heard him sing his songs. And I thought, this feels 
like Yogananda's vibration that I just read in the autobiography. Just the way that he talked about the teachings, how usable they were, both Yogananda and Swami Kriyananda. And so I thought here is something, it's a way of life, which I was desperately looking for, and I experienced it. And many others who have come to Ananda, who live here, who live in our communities, as I mentioned, who are part of Ananda worldwide throughout the whole world, have also experienced that and can say, I have faith. The reason I want to say that is because Yogananda also said about faith. He said, and this was in a discussion Swami Kriyananda uh, relates in The New Path. Uh, he said, Master said, Master being Yogananda, faith must be rooted in spiritual realization. You see, otherwise it lacks vitality. And he was talking about the experience with the boys walking over the waterfall and someone did that after he left India who didn't have the realization and one of the boys died doing that. He also goes on to say, Yogananda says, and then too, one's motives must be pure. So the fact that it's, faith is rooted in spiritual realization, I just wanted to say that doesn't mean in meditation that you need to have had visions and you know things that, oh wow, I've got real, because people will say, oh, I've got spiritual realization out there in the world. Nobody here says that, but, <laughs> but people will say that. And it's like the realization comes up from within. The realization comes from sadhana. The realization comes from meditating twice a day, every day, day after day, year after year, taking up the practices, taking up the attitudes. When Pranabha read the affirmation, willingness, say yes to life, that you have to do that, you have to work on that all the time, that's because of duality, that there's constantly this pull away from saying yes to life, from saying yes to being willing. And so we all experience these things. And that is what one of the things that Master is referring to when he says, faith is rooted in spiritual realization. That is realization. And you know, it's always struck me interestingly that in America, when people make a statement like, I have faith in that kind of thing, or I have realization, it's, it's not black and white. It's something that we evolve that faith through our spiritual practices. Just what I was saying there, but it, it comes on gradually. It's something that deepens over time. And so your faith is also, will be also tested, as Sister Gyanamata put, in the cold, hard, cold light of day. And that means, uh, in my experience, that you're asked to do things or you know you should do things that are beyond your current, uh, what you think may be your current ability. And uh, I've had lots of opportunities to do things like that. 
in my time with Ananda. And I'm, again, not unique because these are living teachings, teachings to be lived in life. And so I've been asked to do things that I thought, wow, really, you think I can do that? But because the people asking me were more, more advanced, I'd say, than, than myself, <laughs> usually Swami in one way or another, or Seva or others, asking me to do things. And I thought, well, they think I can do this, so maybe I ought to give it a try. And I, and I thought, you know, it's important for us to realize that when we go through, go along the spiritual path, and we come to these times when it's time to grow more in faith, more deepen our faith, more in understanding spiritually, uh, facing tests that we need to face, that uh, it's important to understand what the elements are that are necessary at that moment in time. And I'll just say, this is for myself. Others may describe it differently. But I would say that when you are faced with something that you feel slightly overwhelmed by, or maybe a lot overwhelmed by, but you know it's a good thing, you know the people asking you think you can do it, and you know that it really needs to happen. And you also, usually in my experience, I felt an inner yes, an inner vibration of, it's okay. I don't know exactly how I will do this, but it's okay. And at that moment in time, it's really important to say yes and to just dive in. You know, Swami quotes Krishna as saying, you know, it's so easy to sit by the side of the river and watch the stream go by, and isn't it beautiful, and all of that. But at a certain point, if you want to know about the water in the, in the river, you need to dive in and experience it. And that happens when we come on the path. But that's just a beginning, and that may be a big thing to actually move from a world of duality into a spiritual life. That, that usually is. It's a big moment in life. Never forget why you did that, because that's a very defining moment in our spiritual lives. But also along the way, there will be times when you need to grow more. And if you want to grow, those, those times will continue to come. But in that time, to when you're faced with that, dive in. Just go ahead. Why not? It's all God's dream anyway. So why not just experience it and, uh, and feel that, uh, yes, yes, let me go ahead. I'd say the second thing that I always remember, or usually try to remember, is uh, you need to gather your forces. You know, when you, when you dive in, it takes energy to do that. And you need to know that you're going to hit probably cold water and what that will feel like and how you'll deal with that and you'll have to swim to get out and all of that. And so you want to gather, be aware of what you will need to do that. 
whatever it is you're being asked to do. At one point in time, I was asked, uh, uh, Seva and I were taking a walk the other day, and we were laughing about the time that uh, she traveled with Swami Kriyananda after he had finished riding the path in 1977. She and several others uh, went on a world tour, really, and they traveled first to Europe and spent time there and then went on to India where Swami was uh, going to go into seclusion for three or four months and Seva was with him that entire time. Well, that was a huge deal because Seva was one of Swami's right-hand men and she dealt with all of the finances here at the village. The village was the reality of Ananda at that point. And so, uh, I went, I remember going to Asha's trailer at Ayodhya one night and asking her, well, you know, I just heard that Seva's going to be going and traveling with Swami for about six or seven months. My God, who will, who will take her place? And Asha, in her very nonchalant way, said, oh, well, we were thinking you would do that. And I was like, whoa, whoa, really? But there was Asha saying it as a matter of fact. There was Seva, you know, who knew about it. There was Swami who thought, yeah, sure, why not? You know, this can, this can work. And so um, initially they were going to leave fairly quickly. And I really did kind of, ah, that can't happen. You can't leave right away. I'm really overwhelmed by this. I didn't know anything about accounting at that point. And that's what it was involving. There were seven checkbooks. They didn't have a lot of money in them, but still you had to deal with all of that. And so um, for the next about three months, uh, luckily the path hadn't been quite finished. Swami had to do more editing. And Seva and I sat together at her desk and she tried to educate me in what I would need to know for six or seven months while she was away. And, uh, and then we'd laugh, we'd laugh because it was like, wow, this is, this is gonna be interesting. But you know, there was a part of me that knew I could do it. There was a part of me underneath that said, sure, I can, I can do this. It may not be perfect. <laughs> it may look a little strange by the time she comes back, but I think I can, I can handle it. And so we trained together and I, f I said, you know, you need to give me your brain <laughs> while you're away. And uh, I felt like that kind of happened, you know, there was a mind meld of sorts. And she went away and I did do all of that while she was gone. And then when she came back, uh, she quickly took it back on again. But we were laughing. Seva said, yeah, I remember. I waved goodbye to you thinking, ha ha. <laughs> and I thought, oh yes. But, but things like that will happen. The initial reaction, which I did not go with was, oh no. <laughs> and luckily I was just talking with Asha at the time. But I thought, you know, these are great tests. They're things that come, and again, for each of us, those will look different. I don't know what it will look like for you, but really take it as a sign of Divine Mother and Master's love, that they're looking at you and saying, you know, we think you can do this. We think you're ready to do this spiritually. And always when you 
gather your forces, you've said, yes, I'll dive in, uh, then always take Master Yogananda, Divine Mother, all the gurus with you on your way because they're the ones that really, again, that spiritual realization comes from making them your partners in what you're doing. Whether you're working out in the world or you know, in one of the Ananda communities or whatever it may be, take, take them with you because they will help you and give you the confidence that was the other thing that I remember in certain instances, like Seva gave me the confidence. Working with her for three months, I got the comp enough confidence that she could leave and, and I, could, I could do this. But, uh, and Swami said, in I can't remember where, he said, a lot of times uh, seeking education is not so much about the specifics that you're gaining, what you're learning, as it is giving you the confidence to do what you need to do. So there's that. And I just thought in these times also that it's important to realize that God is in charge. You know, Master promised us these times. He not promised, that's probably not the right word, but he, he strongly indicated that we would be going through uh, tumultuous times, and here we are. The world is going through tumultuous times, not just here in the United States, but everywhere. And so with him saying that, let us remember that the things that are happening now, don't resist them. We're, we're not in charge here. You know, in America, we have that feeling that, wow, we're, we're in charge, we're a can-do country, we'll make it happen. And we've got, we've got fairly good karma. I say that because Yogananda said that. But in essence, in the overall view of things, we're not in charge. And Divine Mother is very much in charge of this planet and of the entire universe. And so I've thought in the times that we uh, are find ourselves entering into uh, economic upheaval a few years ago, now we've got a pandemic and virus upheaval. And uh, just to say, you know what? This is, this is Divine Mother giving us things, giving the world, maybe not us in personally, but giving the world things that it needs to go through in order to, as Yogananda talked about, enter into a new age, Dwapara Yuga, an age of energy. When he talked about that, he said at one point that um, in, a, in the United States, he said uh, people will have half as much materially, but be more spiritual. And I thought, now that's going to be an interesting journey getting to that point. So anyway, I just wanted to say these things in a way to, one, say you probably already have a level of faith and a level of spiritual realization in what you've done so far on the spiritual path. Build on that. Build your faith. Deepen your faith. Go into the stillness that is underneath the turmoil that's going on in the world today. 
again, that for me, that's an image that really uh, feels nice. Just that you dive beneath the, the froth and the waves that are happening and you find that stillness and that deep peace and that deep love of the divine, the bliss that's there for us. Why? Why is it there for us? Because we're part of it. <laughs> we're part of that divine. So in these times, really seek that. Deepen your meditation and make it every day. Just meditate every single day. Like it or not, dry or not, happening or not, meditate. Because that's a, it's a, a diff, definite foundation for which to go through times like we're in. And then use the teachings outwardly as you face challenges, but don't resist things that are happening globally. Uh, and I, I, I'm not going to define that in, a, in the right way, but what I mean is there are certain changes that are happening that need to happen. And so just be aware, uh, try to do your best to live in the light and to share God's light with everyone that you meet. That will be very, very important in this time and in deepening your own faith. So bless you all and uh, re really remember what an incredible spiritual path, teachings and techniques that we have available to us. Use them every day and you will be a blessing of light, a channel of light to all the world. Joy to you. Thank you.